Talk Live. Board up. Let me know if you can hear me. Because uh, things are just going crazy here today. Um, this is Mark. It's Jason. And Wayne. Um, the reason you don't hear Ian's voice is because Ian's in jail. Ian had a court date today um, on a charge of um, two charges, uh, obstructing something, the the obstructing the lawful duties of a vested bureaucrat or something. I'm not exactly sure what the charge was. I know the word obstructing was uh, involved um, and also resisting arrest. So um, this came as a surprise to everyone, including Ian. There was no expectation that he would be going to jail today. Most of the uh, other times he has uh, gone and done his uh, uh, civil disobedience bonanzas, he has uh, been able to um, you know, have a situation where he can appeal it, get prepared for jail or whatever. And then, um, you know, if he decides to appeal, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And, uh, you know, it goes on from there. The judge uh, was having none of that today and uh, sent uh, Ian's butt to jail directly. He got, um, I, I guess, a total of a year with uh, most of it suspended. Tally? He has 90 days in a cage. We know that. And... 270 days have been suspended. So, um, like you said, Mark, he was, we thought, you know, he might be able to appeal. Uh, We've been to a lot of trials and we see that happen all the time where you can appeal and they'll let you out um, pending the decision of that appeal. But uh, as as you'll find out in our conversations tonight, you'll find that Judge Arnold was just, um, he wasn't having any of it, like you said, Mark. He, uh, was very strict. He was trying to send a message. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Um, and uh, I totally stand behind what uh, Ian did. Uh, just to get everybody up to speed, um, on August 8th, uh, 2010, uh, a friend of ours, uh, a keen native actually, uh, Heike Corser, was in the park with uh, some other folks that uh, we we knew, um, Johnny Ray and, and Dave Dixon and uh, Jackie and others, and so they're just enjoying a, a just a beautiful day. And um, Heiko was uh, she's a, she's a free spirit, so she was getting her, uh, her boo painted uh, by Dave Dixon, who uh, is is a great artist. I really like his work. So uh, um, this is uh, her her breast, just to make sure that we understand her breast. Okay, not her boyfriend, right? <laughs> um, and so um, you know they were having a beer also, uh, and so that's one of the, the nice things about uh, you know Keene Central Square. Usually you're left alone, but uh, not on that day. Now Keene Central Square is right in the middle of town and has traditionally been a place of protest. Uh, this is you know this is not just for free staters, but in general that's the purpose of of it is the common. Um, it right. is the the area where one goes to protest what one you know may or may not believe is is right. Yeah, but they weren't protesting anything. They were no. just uh, enjoying a beverage and you know some people might view this as uh, some kind of protest they yeah i would consider them wrong if it was a protest this was the place to do it oh absolutely mm-hmm. yeah absolutely but uh okay so um they get uh, warned by the cops uh the cops then uh, later turn oh and so by the time so the cops first showed up and uh so people called uh, the pork 411 service which um sends out uh, messages phone calls um you call it once and it goes to a network of people and so that got a lot of people to uh, to respond to central square so that by the time the cops showed up the second time 
um, there are plenty of cameras out to, to document so, this. And I think an important factor is the cops were called the first time, I guess because somebody was filling a water cooler up in the fountain at Central Square. Yeah, it wasn't anybody associated. I don't think Heike knew these people. Yeah, just, uh, just some strange yeah. activity. And the cops come in and some people are enjoying beverages, uh, you know, beers in the park. Now, also another point that's, that needs to be made, and I think it's very relevant here, is that 50 feet away, just across the street, are more than one restaurant at which you can be seated outside yeah. and drink a beer. Yeah. So she was 50 feet from the, the beer allowable zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 50 feet into the beer-free zone, I guess. Yeah. And um, you know that's, so this is part of it. So the cops say, hey, everybody. Put your beers away. You can't do this. And, you know, of course, they got some guff from the, uh, the, the activists, as they normally do, and, and then off they went. Well, yeah, I mean, when you say off they went, it was uh, a police officer that uh, had their hands on Heike, uh, dragging her to the police car. No, no, this is, I, I was talking about the first time. Oh, the first day? Well, yeah, just some kind of warning. Yeah, some kind of warning. And then they returned the second time. And, um, I, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure why they returned the second time other than – they maybe saw people drinking beer when they were going around Central Square. I don't know. I have no idea. So uh, they return and essentially, you know, say, "Hey, is is that a beer? Um, you're not allowed to drink beer here. You, you must dump that out." And um, Heike didn't wish to, you know, uh, didn't wish to. Uh, actually, they were going to give her a ticket, and she didn't wish to take her, their ticket, uh, the summons, as they were calling it, um, and. So as a result, they kept on asking, and of course the the activists around them haranguing them, and uh, you know saying you know get out of here, and taking votes as to see whether or not the the cops should leave. Um, which I thought, you know, this is all very amusing, and it does speak to what the police um, claim that they do, which is, oh, we're just here investigating complaints, or um, you know they say this kind of thing all the time. We're serving the people. Well, these people want you to go away. So it's interesting that um, that this is how it's been. Uh, uh, you know, it handled. And so, you know, that as as the cops continue their, uh, you know, march forward in this uh, in the progress of this, because this is kind of the thing that the, you know, in the court, they kept on saying is, well, you know, these activists are, are making this happen. But the co- it's as if the cops have no choice. The cops do have a choice. They have the choice not to choose to enforce this law. And they could go go away. There are lots of laws, um, two of which that come to mind right here in New Hampshire. It is uh, illegal to uh, urinate while standing and looking upward on Sunday. You could do it any other day of the week, but not on Sunday. Okay, so, um, you know, th- th- are they running around enforcing this law? If they actually found somebody who did this, what would they do? Um, secondly, th- you're not allowed to work or play on Sunday in the state of New Hampshire at all. Now, this doesn't get enforced. It would, you know, it would never be enforced. Every anytime anybody's ever even suggested enforcing, it's ludicrous. You know, it's not going to they're not going to go break up a baseball game for the kids if um, because of this. So, you know, they really do have the option of choosing not to enforce this law about the, uh, you know, being 50 feet from the beer zone. Yeah. And I think Ian did a great job today during in the trial by pointing this out when he had uh, all three officers on the stand. He uh made sure that uh, you know, he talked about their discretion, um, discretionary powers and, you know, do they use discretion? He cited what you just said, Mark, um, about working on Sunday. Um, and so I think he proved the point that, yes, things are arbitrary. When they decided to uh, pull, I mean, men decided to pull a woman out of a park um, and put her in a car um, after she, I believe, after she's been handcuffed, 
Um, I think so. Yeah. Why Why would they be surprised at that reaction? Maybe it's because they wear badges and they think they have special privileges and special rights. That well, that that is precisely the reason. I mean, obviously, you know, people people have the expectation that uh, you know cops are going to be obeyed and and that kind of thing. And and um, you know, one I guess one has to ask oneself in uh, these circumstances. I mean, it, it's it doesn't surprise me and it didn't surprise Ian that uh, Heiko went to jail. It doesn't surprise me. Didn't surprise Ian that uh, he went to jail for standing in front of the police car because he felt that this it was wrong that they put her in and we're going to try to drive her off but you know one has to ask what does one do when one feels that the police are acting inappropriately well it's a good thought ex- experiment i mean uh, pretend there's no badges or uniforms you know, what do you do when somebody kidnaps a friend of yours and ian asked that on the stand it, it, and it's an excellent question all right so um you know we're, we're going to continue telling the story uh 603 excuse me uh 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. 855 450 free. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month, and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60, and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-TO-GET-VAPOR, or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, coming to you live. It's Mark, Jason, and Wayne. You can give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 37 33 it's our new call in line so if i give you something besides this number it is not the right thing 855-450 free go take a look at uh, news.freetalklive.com we have uh, opportunities there for you to get on our email list so that you can get all the information about free talk live our twitter our facebook everybody loves twitter and facebook these days we've got it too uh, that's news.freetalklive.com and uh, you can find out all the stuff about, that's going on with free talk live except i suppose that uh, ian's been arrested uh, just finding out that on the air um, we found out a little earlier today we'll uh, be hipping you to that in just one second Have you been feeling down in the dumps with all this doom and gloom over the economy lately? Be like me. Snap out of it. New Zealand's Nature Bee sure can help. New Zealand's Nature Bee has helped me with my digestion, my energy levels. I sleep better at night. And here's Mike Buck with how to get your fix of Nature Bee right now. Hello there, Mark. That's right. You know what, everybody? Improving your health really does begin with good nutrition. Totally, it's the key. And the thing is, we're going so fast these days, we neglect our body's needs. So... Supplement your daily diet with New Zealand's Nature Bee. makes perfect sense. Look at this. Nature Bee is just pure plant pollen. It's 100% natural. It's all organic vegetable food. Actually contains every single vitamin, amino, mineral, and antioxidant your body needs. And the benefits, unbelievable. You get, I tell you something, more energy, improved concentration, big old boost to that immune system, ward off those pesky bugs. How about feeling great every morning instead of wondering if you're going to make it through the day? And look, it's so easy. A big six-month supply of nature's best supplement, Nature Bee, is just $99.95 plus delivery. We throw you three more months for free, and by the way, no risk because of that 100% unconditional money-back guarantee. Easiest way to do it, toll-free or online. Toll-free number, one 
1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or go online and tell them you want the free talk live deal at Nature B. That's naturebee.com. Just like me, feel alive again with Nature B. When you're taking, when your body's getting all the nutrition it needs, it functions better. Call toll free 866-834-8355. Go ahead, write the number down. 866-834-8355 or click on naturebee.com. Wow, Mark. So, so, <laughs> I want to drink what he's drinking. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, the sort of uh, the narrative that uh, was uh, you know from today's uh, episode and what uh, what occurred earlier about uh, Ian ending up, ending up in a in a jail cell for 90 days. Um, and that's a long time. It's not short. Even can... if you don't have a family and you're single like Ian, that's a long time. And, you know, Ian's an activist and he's, he prepares for this mentally and in many ways. And regardless of whether one believes in the hill he chose to die on here, I, for one, respect him and honor him for standing up for his principles and, and being willing to challenge all these stupid laws and rules we have around us that we accept willingly sometimes because we don't want to make any waves. Mm-hmm. And if somebody somebody has to make waves in order to to uh, reverse the trend here. Yep. Well, I wish you would have told me how to turn on the studio cam audio. <laughs> Is it working See, still? He didn't, he didn't pl- plan quite enough by uh, you know a, you know every time I end up in the, uh, the the driver's seat here, there's always something that goes wrong from an audio audio standpoint. I'm really glad that uh, I don't have to handle all the radio stuff. I mean, as far as radio goes, it's handled. We're getting out to, to all of our radio stations, but uh, when it comes to you know some of this uh, internet stuff i i don't know what all to do I, ian generally sits on this side of the the chair he pushes the buttons and makes the magic happen he's really good at it and um frankly you know he spends his time um making telephone calls for free talk live doing stuff for free talk live during the day so uh the business of free talk live is hindered uh by you know a man um and the suggestion is is that because Ian stood in front of a police car for I guess a few seconds, it didn't. It wasn't very long. Less than five minutes. Yeah, well, the one I don't think he got arrested for the first one. He got arrested for the second police car. Isn't that right? Uh, I I don't know. It was that's what appeared. It, that was what appeared like to me. Um, so the, the if if one assumes it was the second police car and it was you know for seconds seconds um that he was in front of it that 90 days should be taken uh, from him you know he didn't resist this guy when he was arrested or anything like that also um and i can understand i mean i can understand why they go after him for this purpose but you know i think that there's i think that there's some holes in their case and uh, one of them i think that that's huge is where the heck was the speedy trial I mean, this was a year ago. He uh, demanded his, uh, you know, speedy trial. Uh, you know, or made a made a fuss about himself not getting a speedy trial. And uh, you know, the prosecution was like, "Oh, it wasn't our fault. It was the it was the the judges and their clerks that did it." As if that matters to the end user, to to the defendant. Who cares why I didn't get a speedy trial? I haven't gotten a speedy trial. So they just rammed this thing through uh, over his objections um, and. It, frankly, they didn't really care much about his objections at all. Well, yeah, I mean, the hole in their argument uh, isn't their procedural stuff. They they get what they want. They're, the hole in the argument is that uh, the only people creating victims in that park were um, law enforcers from the city of Keene. Uh, you know, Ian responded to that, doing what, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of people would do when they have somebody that, you know, a friend of theirs or whatever kidnapped. Um, he saw wrong being committed and 
he put it on the line. I mean, he cheerleads civil disobedience yeah. uh, on the air, and uh, he also cheerleads not not taking a plea deal. So, um, yep. before we did, did we finish the narrative of what happened there on the ground? I don't think we did exactly. Oh, well, no, we didn't even talk about um, the arrest, but uh, okay. I mean. Yeah, so basically uh, cops show up and then um, there's a scene. You did mention that there was a vote taken by uh, everybody that was in the crowd and a lot of hands raised that they did not want the law enforcers there um, enforcing the uh, essentially beer in the park of a, a topless hike, a courser. Um, and so um, they – cops responded and then activists stood in front of them. Um, it was seven people. Um, Rich Paul, um, Wes, and um, Meg, who has been on Free Talk Live in the past. Now, I know Meg was found guilty of this uh, standing in front of the cop car thing, but got nothing, nothing. essentially, as, right. a, as a sentence. Right. So Ian did the same thing and mm-hmm. got 90 days. Right. And I think it's basically because, A, they consider him, and they've said this, to be the leader, and um, which is ludicrous. The judge says that every time I'm in a hearing that uh, Ian is uh, Ian's some kind the of leader. Ian's the leader. Yeah. It's, it's ludicrous. Right. I mean, you and know, spokesperson. They call him a spokesperson. He doesn't. He, you know, the, the judge doesn't get to decide who the leader is, and um, nor does the, nor do they get to decide who the spokesperson is. Well, Ian does have the largest microphone. That much is true, but that means that you know, I ha- wait a second. I'm on the microphone. Am I now the new leader of Free Sorry, Team? Mark. Yes, you're going down. I I, I have one, nothing on to do with you people. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's so, not true. So uh, you know the it's it's uh, what I found um, in this is that um, you know it's 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 unfair uh, in the way that uh, you know they decide uh, you know the Meg the pretty girl she's not going to get any sentence but uh, Ian the big mouth he's going to get one and um, I find that frustrating. So basically, activists stand in front of these cars. Um, I guess Ian. You know, the cop turns on his siren. Ian ups the ante by turning around and sitting on the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cop comes out. I mean, he turns on the siren and pops out of that car. He's just out there, lickety split. Grabs Ian. This doesn't take. This is seconds, Wayne. Um, and he gr- grabs him. Ian sort of bends over like he might be going to the ground, but he's uh, you know ends up just sort of burying his hands to the guy. His uh, you know the guy handcuffs him. Ian decides not to go to the ground. The jury uh, did find him uh, not guilty of that charge. And yeah, so that, he had that two charge charges was ludicrous, today. And yeah. the t- the cop should have been put on the pillory for just saying it. Right. It's ludicrous. Right. I mean, it was despicable. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can give us a call, talk about anything you want to talk about, but we've been talking about uh, our main host, Ian, and his uh, trial today and his uh, following incarceration. He's uh, got a 90-day sentence, effectively a 90-day sentence. He got a, a year, but um, you know everything but 90 days was um, was suspended. So, uh, you know, hope all's well for him. I was kind of expecting him to call in and, um, you know, see if you know have, have whatever he has to say. But uh, he who, should call us knows? with his one phone call. 
<laughs> you, doesn't get, you don't get one phone call upon uh, incarceration. You get it upon arrest. But they do have uh, phones in there, as I understand, for available for use. And they just uh, – you know, these uh, they're, they're essentially mercenary rates that they mm-hmm. charge. Um, so Yeah, speaking of those mercenary rates, the uh, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund uh, is putting money in Ian's commissary. And the commissary uh, buys things like uh, toothbrush – um, you know, pillows, shoes, things like that. That he's—they don't allow him to take stuff like this from the outside to the inside. You have to buy all new stuff. So uh, they CD- don't give you a toothbrush. Uh, well, I mean, very few things. They might give you like a starter okay, thing, but they, if 90 days, these things are going to wear out, and he's going to need supplies. I'm so. not saying he doesn't need some, some supplies, even if even if it's Snicker, Snickers bars. I have no problem with him, uh, um, you know, getting it. I was just, uh, you know, toothbrush. I, they give everybody a toothbrush. Yeah. You got, you got me on that one. <laughs> so Busted. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know uh, how each each place is different, and they could very well have uh, moved to this more mercenary fashion of not giving them a, a toothbrush. But um, so we were we were talking about sort of what happened prior to the court case, so the people had uh, some idea. Um, Essentially, Ian stood in front of a police car, uh, and uh, the the cop, you know, grabbed him, and uh, because his because uh, Heike Corser was uh, being kidnapped, and his uh, his nomenclature, she was being arrested and taken to jail for uh, not taking a uh, ticket, and um, so this is the this is the hill that Ian decided to to die on, as it were, and the the cop grabs him, tosses him, tosses him in the back of the car. They actually arrested three people for this same activity. Um, Meg, uh, Wesley, and Ian, is that right? Uh, and Rich Paul. That was afterwards, uh, as I understand, but I don't know. Oh, we, right, yeah, right. I don't know. I know he got arrested that day. So mm-hmm. anyway, Ian goes off to, to jail, and uh, then they – you know, he he has an opportunity to take this to district court. It's a first degree misdemeanor, the the top level misdemeanor or whatever. Yeah. And he has the opportunity to take it to district court where he gets judged in front of a judge. Now, at this point, all the judges in Keene, New Hampshire, know Ian quite well. And frankly, they're sick of his crap. Um, you know, they just don't. They, they don't like dealing with him. So he decided he wanted to, to move up to the superior court where he would have a jury judge it rather than the judge judge it. Now, the this is a 91A filing or something where you file to move above this court. But in the process, you get uh, found guilty and sentenced. Yeah, and so he was sentenced to 60 days in a cage, and 300 of those were suspended uh, for two years and a $500 fine. And so like I said uh, earlier in the show um, – Arnold, Judge Arnold, uh, bumped that up. This is what the. Oh, this is also what the prosecutor um, that uh, was uh, bashing Ian all day. He said, "Oh, we'll just go with what the the district court uh, found him to be." Um, well, no, Arnold wanted to bump it up uh, some yep. more. Wanted to uh, kind of twist the knife. Well, Ian was uh, bugging, basically, you know, messing with Arnold all day. He was saying, you know, calling him John Arnold instead of Judge, and you know, all this stuff during the the, the court case. So, and very early on, he um, wanted to make the point um, very clear that the prosecutor and the judge um, and the law enforcement they all work for the same team. So he yeah. couldn't get a fair trial, and it's totally true. Um, they're there to enforce. Well, the judge admitted that he worked for the state, and right. the prosecutor calls himself the state. So right. if the judge represents the state and the prosecutor is the state, then you're screwed. Right. This is what these people said. I was there in the court. You can call in and call me a liar if you want, but I heard this with my own ears. Now, I know what we're told on TV is that this guy in the white robe, or excuse me, the black robe, he is just, he, he's unbiased. He's Why impartial. would he be unbiased? Yeah. 
The white robes are the clan. The black robes are the judiciary. <laughs> Got it. Sorry, my mistake. Um, the you know, and the this. Uh, this is it's frustrating that the judge would say I, I represent the state and then the state is the guy who's trying to put Ian in jail, mm-hmm. I, and, you know, and no one cares. Well, let's talk about the state uh, for a little while, because, you know, we saw the judge or what is he, the personification of the state and, and the prosecutor. But they were really flexing their muscle. You had a packed courtroom. Uh, well, I'm sorry. They didn't allow many seats, but every seat was taken and then more were in the lobby. But they forced people to stand up. And if you weren't going to stand for the judge, then you were going to be exited uh, or you're going to be escorted out of the courtroom. There was one time where a, um, a sheriff's deputy was like uh, clawing for me. I was in the corner with my camera and um, he was trying to get me to stand. And uh, what I mean, do people really do you think you're going to win people's respect by making them stand? I mean. Well, the and this is this is kind of uh, funny that you know that they, they want the respect for the the office of judge or whatever, but they have to bring in thug after thug after thug to get it. It's because that's all the state knows and to get uh, what they want. And you know, frankly, I don't stand generally. I mean, I'm, I'm a Quaker. We don't Quakers do not stand, do not rep, you know recognize one man over another. But I had to see this. Right. I, I, I had, had, to, I had able, to film. I had to be able to talk about this. So, yeah, you know, I confess my sins. I stood for the guy in the robe. I had no option today. Mm-hmm. It was either that or leave the room. They were going to, you know, if, if I didn't leave, they'd have tossed me in jail. But why do they want people to stand? What's the big deal? They want the respect, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think they, it's a, kind of a psychological uh, ritual, so to speak, because you're try, it, is, 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 it establishes respect for the judge before he, as he walks in. So you're you're setting a, a precedent right there that this is the guy you have to listen to, and he he st- uh, sits higher than everybody. He That's wears right. a, a a black robe. It's like a cult. Well, you know, when and they're making this uh, uh, this they're making it so that people airing the airing of peaceful grievances is impossible. They don't want to hear people peacefully airing grievances anymore, and this is what happened when the when it all came down. If you read your First Amendment, it says the, the, that uh, you know the one thing that you have is the right to redress grievances. That means the legislature used to, in the United States of America, used to redress grievances. Mm-hmm. The activists at the time, the abolitionists, just inundated them with grievances about slavery. At some point, the legislators are like, "We're not getting any work done. All we're doing is uh, air, you know listening to the grievances of these people whom we've re- redressed this in the past." And we're not going to redress grievances anymore. Hmm. What happened after that? The shooting started. And I'm not recommending this. This is not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you that when you make it so that people can't peacefully air their grievances against your system, that you're going to make it so they're not going to do it peacefully. Well, I'm afraid of that. Me too. I don't want that. I I absolutely don't want that. But the state doesn't really understand anything else. Well, it also benefits the state. It does. If – People are, you know, pointing weapons in their direction. If it doesn't benefit this state, it still benefits the next one. It, yeah, it'll just grow. And so, fortunately, I, I'm a, as much of a peace activist as I am a liberty activist. Yep. I mean, peace is what I'm about. You know, Ian was quoting um, Gandhi today and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, be the be the change you want to see in the world. And I want to be peaceful, so I carry around a camera and I try to, uh, you know, bring as much transparency to uh, 
Uh, I think cameras are far more effective um, in showing these these people for you know what it is that they're doing. And in in my opinion, they broke their own rules yet again. They do it all the time, and it, I, I find it frustrating. The right to a speedy trial. Oh well, right? yeah. So uh, let me let me go on with the narrative. What about here. equal protection under the law? Uh, Meg, who I'm glad got off, should have been treated the same way as uh, Ian because they were they were charged with the same thing, were they not? Yeah. Well, at least Ian should have got what he was sentenced to previously instead of an additional sentence for the judge. Here's your oh. addition for being the leader and being a jerk. Actually, Meg at, uh, was charged with riot, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, but then I believe they dropped that pretrial. And then I don't know if she got a resisting arrest a charge, but Ian did. And like we said, that was dropped. So he ultimately faced two years in a cage and like we've been saying, 90, 90 days. Um, so the you know as 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 the case went forward, Ian decided to take this from um, you know the the district court where he got by taking it to the the the, the jury trial, he got an addition basically got sentenced to sixty days, and then was going to be able to sort of appeal it. So we'll go on in a minute. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-FREE. If you're a cigarette smoker, you know that cigarettes are at some point likely to be the death of you. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It, 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 it's not like people who smoke don't know it. I certainly did. There's a better option. It's called the e-cigarette. It's 22,000 times healthier. And here's a great offer from Vaporsmiths.com. Vaporsmiths.com has one of the best uh, e-cigarettes on the marketplace. It has a larger uh, element in it and uh, therefore creates more vapor. So you get a good hit instead of one of these cheap things that somebody's put together in order to uh, to enterprise on the e-cigarette, uh, uh, the wave that's that's coming through. It's good can, vapor, man. <laughs> you can get uh, you can get your your free starter kit. Get a free starter kit and free shipping by going to Vaporsmiths.com and using coupon code. FTL. That's vaporsmiths.com, or you can call them at 855 to get vapor. 855 to get vapor, vaporsmiths.com. So we've been uh, talking about my partner Ian's uh, arrest here and uh, incarceration, uh, trial and incarceration today. And uh, so w- where we were in the uh, the story is that, that he had filed a 91A request and uh, been bumped from the district court to the superior court for a jury trial because they were offering him, hey, would you like to see the judge that hates your guts and have him uh, uh, you know, judge your, uh, your, your trial here? Yeah, judge Burke. Uh, judge Burke. And, you know, frankly, Judge, judge Burke has uh, you know, dealt with Ian on a multiple occasions. Uh, you know, he doesn't think that his activism is uh, beneficial. He thinks that he's doing the wrong thing. 
I don't think Judge Burke's activism is beneficial. Agreed. I wonder what these people think about civil disobedience. Do they think Rosa Parks, who broke the law, should have been incarcerated? Do they think that uh, Martin Luther King should have been tossed in jail? He was. Do they think that uh, those four black boys that sat at that Woolworths counter should have been thrown in jail? They would have to. They were creating disturbances. No, they don't think that, though. That was what they the law think, back then. Right. They think that, um, you know, that that period in our history is put behind us. And now, from now on, you must go through the system. As right. though the system isn't as ponderous and difficult to navigate, unnavigable. I mean, if you want to get a stop sign, if you want to get the speed limit changed in front of your house, you know how difficult that is. Just think about the idea. But there's of getting, a system. Yeah, going through the system and getting the speed limit changed in front of your house. Think about doing something that really matters. But no, but there is a system. There is a system. There is a system. It is designed not to change. And it sucks. (laughs) It's broken. It's a broken system. And like Buckminster Fuller once said, don't try to heal a broken system. Create a new one. Yeah, and I mean, like, create it within yourself. Just um, like Ian said, be the change you want to see in the world, like Gandhi said. Um, and, uh, you know, live a peaceful existence. And the day in the park where uh, Ian intervened, um, he, everybody else was being peaceful except for employees of the city of Keene, employed to enforce laws in the same way that people um, enforce laws in Iran that say men can't wear necklaces or, um, you know, in some of the European countries where they say uh, women can't wear burqas. Um, you know, or, we, or the women have to wear burqas right. is the law in some countries, right. too. Sure. So, you know, the, this idea that uh, somehow because it's the law, it's just is, mm-hmm. is really flawed. Now, one uh, what Ian did ask the jury to do was judge the law and he, he was allowed to you know go on about this. He did jury nullification. I don't trust juries, frankly. I mean, you know, I, I, I just don't. I think they're more of rather than a fourth check and balance on government. I think they're more of a study of human action in groups and that, um, you know, when you take a look at the Stanford prison experiments and the Milgram experiments. And, you know, you look at how people bend to authority and how they uh, how power corrupts that, you know, juries are really no better that, uh, you know, even if you were on that jury and you said, oh, you know, I, I think the guy had a point that the other 11 people were like, shut up, we want to go home. But part of that, I think, is that the people on the jury don't know what their rights are. They think that the judge is all powerful and they have to listen to everything the judge says. They haven't been educated as to what their rights are as jurors, as as part of that process, part of that proceeding, where they are just as powerful as the judge, even, probably even more so, because they can say not guilty based on the, the law itself, the justness or injustice of the law. Well, I think uh, Ian did a good job by educating them about jury nullification. And uh, I've been to many trials in my time, but um, this is the first time I've ever seen a prosecutor admit, yes, there is a right to jury nullification. He did say, yeah, he, he absolutely said it. He didn't say jury nullification, but he said you had the, you know, if right you want to nullify, conscience. you can do that. Right. And that, that's good. Yeah, It's stunning that, you know, there were some victories certainly had by Ian today, if you consider ending up in a cage, a victory. But, but Ian handled himself well. I mean, Ian can hold his head up high because, you know, he represented his uh, his point of view well and, and didn't back down. And that's probably why the uh, judge took him right away and inflicted so much pain. 
Yeah, th- this judge decided to um, go above and beyond the sentence that was handed down by the district court. And what the prosecutor recommended. And what the prosecutor recommended. Why? Probably because he unscrewed with this guy. He's made him look like a fool. We, uh, you know, he's no, ca- Ian stated the, the truth, and they don't like that it was pointed out that he works for the same organization that the prosecutor and the law enforcement works for. So, so Ian couldn't possibly get a fair trial. Well, any anybody who believes that if you work for an organization that is the same organization as a guy on one side that you're going to properly um, listen to the guy on the other side, then that person's a fool. I mean, if the judge really believes that he's unbiased and he represents the state. That's the term he used. I'm not making this up. Um, you know, he said, I represent the state. Mm-hmm. And then the prosecutor says he is the state. So if the judge basically said that I represent the prosecutor and the judge stepped Ian down when he was talking about the New Hampshire Constitution, you know, asking questions and that kind of he stopped Ian from talking about it. Wait a second. Are you raising an objection, Your Honor? Why is this? Why is these proceedings being stopped? The prosecutor didn't raise an objection, so the judge essentially, um, you know, showed his colors on multiple occasions, showing whose side he's on. Yeah, and just to be clear, it's the prosecution's job to um, convince the jury that uh, Ian broke a law, which was uh, obstructing their kidnapping of Heike, whatever it's officially called. Um, it was Ian's job today to connect with the jury and to have them nullify a bad law. So um, every step of the way, I mean, this is uh, you know Ian versus the state, and the judge representing the state didn't like that one bit, and like I say, inflicted uh, ninety days on Ian and Ian's friends and community and family. It's a, it's a big loss. So you know, there's you know the jury was was in there, and you know Ian addressed them directly, and you know it was it was a fine speech he gave. Obviously, I'm always of the opinion that I could do a little better than that guy that's standing up there, but I haven't ever been in front of one of those juries, so I you know I've got to sit back there silently and give the coaching I can give when I can give it, and that's really the long and the short of it. Um, so. You know, he gave, you know, he said what he said to the jury. It was pretty good. I believe he comported himself well. I think you're going to have some video out at some point. Yep, it's uh, uploading or it's downloading right now for my camera. And then I'm just going to upload all of it to uh, the Freaking YouTube account where anybody can edit it however they would like. I, I need the help. So, um, you know, as and basically, you know, he told the jury that they could nullify. That was essentially what his case was. He said, I stood in front of the vehicle. I did that. You've got to decide whether or not um, you consider that just and the reasons that I did it. Um, you know, and, and more or less, that's, that was his case. He did say, and he, as he should, that this resisting the rest is ludicrous and, and that the jury didn't find him guilty on that. And I, you know, I think that that was a, a good move on their part. But clearly, nobody on the jury felt that uh, his stand for public uh, drinking or standing in front of a cop car was uh, called for in this uh, this circumstance, so they decided that to find him guilty. But the that... judge took the opportunity to up the sentence, and um, off he went to jail. Without um, The normal situation is that you get the opportunity to uh, appeal, and he didn't get to, uh, get to do that. Now, he was sentenced to a year, correct? And then some of it was, was uh, uh, commuted? That's correct. Okay, that means when he gets out after whatever number of days, say 90 days, that means for nine months, essentially, he's going to be on probation, correct? Two years. Two years, I I believe. Okay, so they're going to have him on a real short leash when he gets out. Yep.
Well, I sincerely hope he, uh, you know, that, that other folks take up the uh, civil disobedience uh, bandwagon. But I tell you, Ian is not the one to step down. He says, um, you know, we say on the air, take your case to trial. And I think that's a, you know, I, I, he, he, he's going to do that. But I believe and I everything up to this point, I'm sure that I've said at this point, I'm going to say something I'm not sure about. I think the prosecutor offered him some kind of like probation or something if he would draw, if he would plead guilty. So the prosecutor believes like, OK, so they're giving it's a plea bargain and that makes some sense. But the other person doesn't have any skin in the game. You know, the prosecutor doesn't lose or win anything by doing it. So essentially you say, you know, if you're one of the 99 percent of people that take a plea bargain, I'll knock it down a little bit. But, you know, he took it to trial and they punished him. For taking it to trial. If you're going to give somebody the plea bargain, shouldn't you give them the same sentence, the plea bargain? Why would you punish somebody for using the legal system if they believe that they're innocent? Because they can. That's right. It's a system, not a Democrat and Republican, a system of them against you. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Talk Live. It's live weeknight edition. It's Mark with you and Jason and Wayne. And um, you know it's a it's it, it's a special show. Uh, Ian is uh, not special good. <laughs> I can tell you I've had a bad day and um, I'm frustrated and I'm upset that uh, my co-host is in jail. And um, you know it's I I got nothing good to say about the the whole situation. Um, one thing while you're uh, while you're listening here, when you get home, um, go check out uh, learnliberty.org/ftl. If you've if you've wondered how they could possibly fix the debt crisis in Washington, Jeff Miron, a Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can go see this video and several others of our favorites at learnliberty.org/ftl. Um, in this video, it's it's just a minute long, but he really addresses the issue and uh, lets you know that it's, uh, you know, what what he believes it is and uh, outlines it for you. You can check out while you're there, Learn Liberty Academy. There's a link on the right hand side of the page. Uh, it's a course for people that want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty and rights. That's free online continuing education. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. And it is, as uh, we said, a uh, call about e- or a show about your calls. So let's uh, go ahead and um, shoot. I'm learning the controls here, folks. Please forgive. <laughs> blame um, the judge. Well, I, I blame Ian. <laughs> 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 but uh, let's go to Adam in Indianapolis. Adam, are you there? I am. Fabulous. Fantastic. All right, so I'm calling because there's been a little bit of police corruption that's getting exposed, uh, a little suburb north of Indianapolis called Zionsville. Zionsville, okay. 
Zionsville. Uh, the police, ex-police chief now there, Rick Dowden, went into a police meeting back in November and got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, he lost order of his meeting, and he got red-faced and clenched his jaw and started waving a loaded gun around the room. Okay, so hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs> he had a loaded gun. He lost control of the meeting, started started yelling, clenched his jaw, was waving the gun around, and in the process pointed it at three of his, three of his fellow officers. Okay. Now, this is yeah. a, a police officer that had a meeting, and this is a town meeting or just uh, some meeting with it's other police the, officers? It's the police chief. Okay. And I'm under the impression it was like their, their morning briefing meeting. Gotcha. Wow. Now, you called it police yeah. corruption, but it sounds well, like— that's because five of the officers at the meeting decided to go to the state's attorney and, and report him. Okay. Uh, during that investigation, they found a missing 50-inch plasma TV from the evidence locker and a sports car that had been taken from a drug dealer at the police chief's house. So they found—oh, um, hold on just a second. So they found a 50, uh, 50-inch plasma screen TV at the police chief's uh, house that was yes. supposed to be evidence of some sort? And it gets worse. Okay. It was evidence in a burglary spree. The TV had blood that hadn't been identified on it. Okay. Well, they figured out whose blood it is, but since it has been tampered with, they can't use that in evidence for the burglary trial. So, <laughs> so he cleans that thing off, and uh, you know, hey, there's blood on my TV. This. Oh yeah, that's that's going to look bad in your in your police chief's uh, oh. living room. Got to have a clean TV. This, yeah. But this police chief, he's a public servant. He puts his life on the line every single day to uh, arrest uh, prisoners in the war on drugs. I mean, shouldn't we cut him some slack? You'd think, and and he actually cut himself a little bit of slack. Yeah, he cut cut, cut plenty. <laughs> so have they thrown this guy well, in, in jail December, yet? In December, he did the right thing. He put himself on paid administrative leave. <laughs> hero. This man's a hero. And then in February, he went back to the city council and said he was done with that and, and got his job back. He was reformed now. He was. He was. So, oh, I'm glad he's punished so himself thoroughly enough. The investigation is still going on. Uh, about the beginning of this month, he went ahead and resigned for good. Uh, so he's not in there anymore. But it, it's not over yet. The five police officers who did report him are on unpaid administrative leave for breaking their chain of command and not reporting it to the police station. Got to be kidding to me. The, to the state. And he's the one that there put them on this leave? Attack. He's the one that put them on this leave? Yes. Well, I don't know if he is or if the city council city council did. I'm not sure who put them on, but they're on unpaid leave for breaking their, their chain of command. So I want people to ask themselves, this is, this is the organization you've, this is the organizational uh, paradigm that you've essentially got when it comes to police departments. Yes, this one's corrupt. Maybe yours isn't as corrupt. Maybe you don't know. And maybe the reason you don't know is because cops know that this is what's going to happen to them if they report on their uh, brethren. Now, in this case, the cops were threatened with death by their police chief. That probably doesn't happen every day. But they, <laughs> the idea that you can have, um, that you can give the you know people close to unlimited power, a great deal of power, and that they're not going to you know, abuse it. It seems unlikely to me that, you know, some, some police officer is going to go through 20 years on the force and isn't going to abuse his power. And there's no, especially when there's no check and balance, there is no check. 
I just feel bad for that community. Well, look, at, look at what happened to the officers that tried to be that check and balance. Right. They, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't get on paid leave. Nope. The the, the police chiefs uh, certainly did, though. Adam, thanks for calling in and uh, letting us know about this. And uh, if anything if anything other else transpires, let us know. I'll do that. Thanks, man. Thanks. You know, I, I, I think that uh, the Internet... News reporting as it uh, exists on the Internet and uh, video, that's really the only thing that we can do about this. Police corruption has existed since they had, you know, the time of the king's men. You know, these these guys have been taking stuff off the top because they can. I think there's less of it now because, uh, you know, it's easier for people to, uh, to to report them. But by less, I mean not every single one of them does it. What do you mean easier to report them? Because go to a, p- a police station, and a lot of times they don't even have forms, complaint forms. They want you to walk into somebody's office, which is back behind a locked door in a secured area, and you have to report it to an- another officer. I mean, there's no mechanism for people to complain about their police department, and it's because they're a monopoly. There is no competition in security services, and well, so you get service quote unquote like this i'm thinking of the peasants in their mud huts complaining to the king's uh, the sergeant about the king's men and getting a halberd stuck in their their gut for their trouble <laughs> uh, and that's what i mean by easier it's not easy but it's probably easier i mean they don't treat you like like a total surf anymore but it's darn close it's the new kinder gentler surf and you're just a surf you know what i loved was the old uh, in monty python life of brian yeah. The the scene <laughs> called Biggest Dickus with with Punches Pilot. Do you remember that one? Yes. If you if you haven't seen this, go on YouTube and, and pull it up. It's absolutely hilarious. But it just goes to show you how you have all these people, these these instruments of the state, who take orders down through the chain without question, and then all of a sudden, when when none of them would listen to the guy, he flipped out. He had no power left because nobody would listen to him. It, yeah. It's a great illust- brilliant illustration of of how power really works. Yeah, because power really only is getting people to obey your will. And, um, you know, one thing that I I, I guess I just really love talking about this, but um, here in the the Superior Court that we were at today with uh, Ian's trial that he got uh, 90 days um, at which he got 90 days. And uh, I guess he's going to be gone a long time. I don't know. I mean, it's upsetting to me. But the same court. The law is in the state of New Hampshire that you can bring a camera into the court uh, building and into the building and be able to photograph uh, court papers and documents and stuff yeah, or like that. audio record audio or record. do whatever you need to do. Pretty much. They yes. want to give you open access. And that's the, in the law. The law says that you have open access to the courts and you're able to you know, re, uh, you know check things because, you know, you don't want to give some people don't want to give a piece a document. Say you've got that juicy piece of information that's finally going to sink these the, the, the prosecution's case. You don't want to give it to the clerk and say, Hey, will you photograph, uh, photocopy this for me, and then give them the opportunity to say, "Oh, I accidentally put it in the paper shredder," or whatever. Uh, you want to be able to photograph it yourself, and this is what the citizen legislatures of the state of New Hampshire decided. Well, the Supreme Court of New Hampshire decided that um, activists in Keene's uh, circuit uh, district court had been using cameras as weapons. Is that what the... This happened right after uh, Adamo asked uh, Judge Burke some questions outside of the building and then um, asked... uh, Judge Burke wouldn't stop, so he's asking him up the stairs. Judge Burke uh, lied to uh, two of his employees and said that uh, Adamo had made threats. When the video came out, once Adamo was released from a cage, it was uh, revealed that he did no such thing.
Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's F-R-E-E, 855-450-FREE. It's Mark with you. And And Jason. And Wayne. (laughs) And, yeah, you'll notice that uh, Ian is conspicuously absent. That is because... He was uh, went had a court date today and didn't expect uh, to go to jail as a result, but uh, he certainly did. He's in a cage. He is uh, at least in in jail. I don't know uh, whether you know. I don't. I don't know how they keep them there, but um, he's in jail. So you can, uh, you know, if if you're excited about what Ian's doing in his activism, perhaps the AMP program is uh, something that you ought to consider. AMP allows Free Talk Live to advertise, market, and promote itself. Uh, your subscription of $3 a month or more, many people do more. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. We've got some benefits there for you to do so. Uh, you know, distinctly, uh, an Amplifier podcast. There's an Amplifier forum, Amplifier call-in line, other things. It's amp.freetalklive.com. If you've got a website, you know how important it is for people to visit your site, whether it's for better results in search engines, advertising, or just getting your message out. You need hits, and you need all, all the hits you can get. Mobsterhits.com is going to make you an offer you can't refuse. A family-friendly web traffic exchange, ftl.mobsterhits.com can riddle your site full of views, and you can even make some money by joining the family as an associate. Sign up for free at ftl.mobsterhits.com now. Wayne, you got some uh, Italian joke here? No, I was just thinking about how we were talking about mobsters before, you know, and now you got a commercial. That's right. Mobster, FTL.mobsterhits.com. Uh, listeners with liberty oriented sites like Free Talk Live can uh, get anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 hits for free. Free Talk Live is on mobsterhits.com. So find out uh, the details at FTL.mobsterhits.com. There are all kinds of benefits for you by using that link, including a uh, free one month upgrade and many others. It's FTL.mobsterhits.com. Um, so we were, are we were, are we still telling the story of uh, of Ian here? Have we? Uh, we haven't sort of really moved touched on. on. Well, we talked about some of the trial, but okay. I mean, there are details. Um, Please. I mean, I thought uh, Ian did a, a great job of representing himself today. Like we talked about, he, um, everybody pretty much in the room knew that he, it wasn't a fair trial because the judge, prosecutor, law enforcement uh, took the stand. Uh, one thing Ian did was he had the. Uh, all three uh, members of law enforcement um, from the city of Keene read their law enforcement code of ethics. And I'd, I'd just like to read it real fast. Okay. And so, like I said, all three um, officers had to read this. As a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or intimidation, 
the peaceful against violence or disorder, and to respect the constitutional rights of all people to liberty, equality, and justice. So I'm just wondering when those same three officers were involved in uh, removing Heike from the park and into their car so they could take her to their uh, their police building. Laboratory. Uh, what, uh, what part of the code of ethics were they following there? It sounds like they were violating rights instead of protecting them. Yeah, the, the, these, these rhetorical documents that they write for themselves, they always are so fluffy and nice. Mm. But where does this say that they're going to take people who are acting in a peaceful fashion uh, by peaceful i mean nonviolent there are two definitions um you know they're not necessarily placid or calm but you know in a nonviolent fashion where does it say that they're going to do that so who, who are they serving and protecting I, I I can't I, I how could I, they they certainly didn't have an answer each one of these cops stammered i don't know you know whatever i don't even think about liberty right yeah that's what an officer said it's precisely what he but said. But you know something? These things don't sink into people immediately, but the fact that all these were brought up today mm-hmm. is actually a very positive thing because they tend to work on people over time. I, can't, I, I can t- guarantee you that these people left there, even though they put on their, their, their stoic face and their law and order face, they're thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know what to, I, you know, I don't know what it's, it's going to do in the long run I'm, it, as, as far as, uh, you know, bringing the message of liberty to these folks i find it uh i, I don't know I, all i gotta say is it's been a bad day for me my uh, business partner's in jail and um you know all the the weight of free talk live is now on my shoulders and you know frankly i haven't done uh, most of the stuff that he's done i'm gonna have to outsource things it's gonna affect the business uh adversely uh, you know i i i think that um i i understand why the judge feels like there's nothing left he can do you know, I mean, they've they've given him lighter sentences, and you know, he keeps on uh, keeps on doing what he does. What is the other option that the the judge is going to take? I mean, you know, is he going to say, "Oh, I'm throwing up my hands. You're right. I, I I've been wrong all along. This uh, the, you, you, I shouldn't be doing. You know, hurting peaceful people. That much is obviously not true. I know some people consider it heroic, but um, you know, I I wonder what's it going to do to Free Talk Live. Well, I mean, you had uh, Lauren Canario call in um, earlier um, on your personal phone and mm-hmm. offer to help. And, you know, we have Nick Ryder here who's uh, helping out, get, trying to get audio on the webcam. I mean, what I've seen so far is a community coming together. And uh, there's talk about uh, – because Ian uh, does 90% of the blogging on freekeen.com. So, yeah, somebody's uh, going to have to take care of that too, yeah, right? Pe- people are going to be stepping up to uh, provide content there. I mean, uh, you know, JJ is already uh, you know, doing videos every week now with a, a great crew. And so – Things are happening, and um, you're doing a great job so far, Mark, on your own. Well, um, I, I don't feel the fl- the show has been as fluid as it normally is, but um, you know we're going to make it uh, we're going to make it go, and, and it's going to go in the way it goes. Well, so. Ian's a master at that. You can't expect to get that overnight, but he's been doing this for how long? And I watch him sometimes in awe because he's just so smooth. He's so fluid. He's doing it in his sleep. Yeah, he's just the glue of the show, and and you don't re- realize it until you're sitting in that seat trying to do what Ian does. It's very difficult, but it can be done with practice. That's right. Well, give us a call at 855-450-FREE. We'll take your call about anything. And I've got a a story that kind of speaks to this to some extent. Um, It's from the World Net Daily at WND.com. And apparently a county has limited free speech to a three-foot by three-foot space in the woods. (laughs) 
So, I mean, we, this has been happening all along. There are these free speech zones. Uh, you know, the bureaucrats say, you can't be here. You've got to be there. You're blocking, the, you're blocking traffic on the sidewalk. No, not, people could be using these steps. Uh, you know, so you can't protest in this public area or that public area. Um, and now a Michigan woman is suing her counter, county over limiting her petition gathering to a three-foot by three-foot square in a 135-acre park. A restriction one attorney says is running for the title of the most unconstitutional free speech zone ever. Earlier this summer, the Detroit News reporters uh, Denise Miller sat at a picnic table near the beach at the uh, the, the Detroit News reports that Denise Miller sat at a picnic table near the beach in uh, Linden County Park in Genesee County, Michigan, gathering signatures as part of a campaign to recall Governor Rick Steiner. A park ranger told her she had to leave, and the Genesee County Parks Office later confirmed that she needed a permit to petition signatures within the park. So we'll uh, tell you a little bit more about this uh, here in a minute. Crazy stuff. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live. Let's call it 603. Excuse me, I've given out the wrong number again. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-FREE. It's a show about your calls, so uh, we'll take your calls and we'll start here in just a minute. But have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules, and until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. You need to review it on a pretty regular basis is my experience, though. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you. The free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletter, the use, use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, then buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. Remember when you're checking out to use the pull-down menu, um, you'll let them know that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. They actually have an affiliate program that will uh, allow you to make money with Jurisdictionary. You can go check it out at Jurisdictionary.com. Dot com. And let's go to Allie in Alabama. Allie, you there? I'm here. What do you um, want to talk about tonight? Hey, guys. Um, I was just calling because you guys were talking about Ian's trial and everything. And I just want to call and give my support to him because um, 
it was right around that time when he was talking about staying in, standing in front of the police car that I decided to, to start donating to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund because I'd never heard of someone doing that, but I was like, that's very heroic of him, and, you know, he's having to deal with it now, which is terrible, and it's terrible for Free Talk Live, not that there's anything wrong with you, Mark, but, you know, it's not good. people want to hear Ian, too. <laughs> yep. um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just find what he did really heroic, and uh, I actually have uh, starting a little radio pod or not radio, but a little podcast um, with my friend Leah, and I'm going to try to get her to talk about this tonight because it's important to me, and I, I think that I think that it's a good thing overall. Thanks very much. What uh, what's the name of the podcast? Liberty it's, Bells. Uh, Liberty Bells. Liberty Bells Radio, and we're on Podomatic, so it's www.podomatic.com slash Liberty Bells. Great. Well, 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 Ali, thanks so much for uh, donating to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Uh, we have uh, give uh, we paid fifty dollars into the commissary account for Ian, so your donations have gone towards making sure that uh, Ian has some essentials. And uh, and I understand that you're going to be moving to the Shire. Is that right? That's right. I have nine days left. Oh, awesome! And so, do you know where you're going to move? Are you still looking for a job and a place? Well, I found a, I'm moving to Keene. Um, I already found a place. I figured the kind of jobs I'm going to be looking at are stuff they probably want to see me in person for, not mm-hmm. like, you know, sending a resume in or anything, nothing like that. So I'm going to start looking as soon as I get up there, but I already have a place, so I'm good with that. Well, awesome. Look forward to uh, seeing you and uh, hanging out with you more here in Keene. Thanks, yeah, Al- too. Thanks, Allie. So uh, let's go to Wallace calling from Vermont. Wallace, you there? Yes, sir. Uh, can I make one quick su- suggestion for you? Sure. When you give out the telephone number, give out the one that you're giving with free, but also translate the free to the four digits. Some of us don't have uh, uh, coding systems on our phones. Okay. The second thing is uh, I just emailed you uh, part of the New Hampshire court rules. And it's very short. Uh, Where the defendant is not incarcerated, every misdemeanor case pending without disposition after six months from the date of entry, and every felony case pending without disposition for nine months from the date of indictment shall be scheduled forthwith for a show cause hearing as to whether under the principles of Barker, Versus Wingo. It's not that's a felony. US, yes. Um, the, no, it, it, it specifically right. says six months for a misdemeanor. Right. Mm. And this is so, this is true, and he used this particular rule and got a hearing uh, because the judge said, "Oh yeah, that's fine, no big deal that it's been a year. Um, you know, six, it was supposed to be six months, no problem." And then he's like, "Well, wait." You got to have a hearing, a show cause hearing, and the prosecutor prosecution's cause, I guess, was well, we didn't do it; it was the judicial system that did it, and that was good enough for the judge. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, <laughs> they are the judicial system, right? So, if they wanted a legitimate uh, speedy trial rule, if they really wanted that, they would say somebody who doesn't get a trial within thirty days. I mean, wouldn't this be serving the public? If somebody doesn't get a trial within 30 days of a an arrest, unless they want to put it off for you know whatever reasons or they agree to 
postponement or something like that. But if they don't get it within 30 days, the, the charge is dropped. This would get these bureaucrats on the ball. I mean, they would take the charges that mattered, and they wouldn't be running crap through that didn't matter. Stuff to having to do with drinking beer in a park uh, 50 feet from a, a restaurant that serves beer outside. I mean, this is absolute ludicrous nonsense. Well, but you decided one rule when the problem is that uh, they call this a justice system, but the whole thing needs to be rethought. Like, how how do we achieve justice in a society? It is not through the government, through a monopoly ser- so-called service provider. Um, and they can get away with uh, things like this. Like, they can um, back up law enforcement that harms peaceful people and put, put peaceful people like uh, Ian in a cage. Wallace, thoughts? Yes, well, the thing is, what you have to do under this principle that the U.S. Supreme Court cites is you have to say the defendant's been prejudiced. And if it was an insignificant incident and you couldn't get, get a hold of witnesses, as an, as an example, in my own case up here in Vermont, uh, my wife uh, left me, went down to Texas, and we had problems finding her, etc. That's prejudiced. And if you can make a record, in other words, you tell the court... And the easiest way to do it is in a, a written brief. You never, never, never do something like this just on an oral uh, uh, statement to the judge. What you do is you put it in a formal brief. This way there's no question. You get the prosecutor to respond, and then uh, basically the court makes a decision. I don't know what Ian said, but if Ian said something to the effect that he was prejudiced as a result of the delay, then he might have it out. If he didn't say that, I hate to say it, I'm not an attorney, but I've got a lot of experience. I think he's not going to make it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, this it, it's true that there's these magic words that um, you know, that 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 you're supposed to say in certain instances. I was there at the the hearing and Ian certainly battled it out with them. I don't know that he used the term prejudice um, in it. I don't remember him having said it. But um, at the same time, it's, uh, you know, he he did try everything that a, sort of a guy who's representing himself pro se can uh, can try. I mean, he's, you know, he's he, he has some understanding of the judicial system, having taken uh, the jur- jurisdictionary course and, and that kind of thing. But you know, it, it can be it can be so difficult. The lawyers don't even know what they're doing. Most lawyers won't even go into a courtroom. They want nothing to do with it. Wallace, I really appreciate the call. And um, let's go to Greg in Boston. Greg? Hey, how's it going? It's fine. Um, what would you, you like to talk about? Well, I just wanted to comment. First, I want to comment real quick that I agree with Jason that what's happened ultimately, well, I think it's going to bring the community together because of the recognition of how, you know, important free talk life is. It's almost, to me, it's almost like a, like a community gathering we can have, except we don't, you know, for like people, those of us that don't live in Keene or live in New Hampshire, right, we can all still come together on this radio show and, and share our struggles against the forces of violence that we face, right? And the other thing is that, you know, with with Ian gone, it can be, you know, also, like you said, you might be a little off, the, you know, you might be not feeling as fluid today, but I think you'll find very quickly that you're going to get the hang of this, and I think you're going to be that much better when Ian comes back in the... Um, the only other thing I just wanted to say real quick, I think we're going to commercial now, if I hear right, is that, you know, this is also just a sobering reminder that when you commit acts of civil disobedience, you definitely have to really, really, really think about 
what can happen because as long as you're determined that you're ready to face those consequences, you know, good for you, but you don't want to get blind. Thanks, Greg. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Talk Live, it's 855-450-FREE, that's 3733, 855-450-3733, it's Mark with you, and Jason, and Wayne, and uh, you know, most of the evening has been populated with what what's on my mind, which is what's been happening, what what happened today with uh, our, our main host, Ian Freeman. But it is the show about your calls, and I want to make sure that we, we get into them, but first... You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing, but you can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They are a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They are free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollar is going to go down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Also, if you, uh, unlike every other radio program out there, probably, Free Talk Live gives away its archives. All of its archives. Just about. I mean, going back to 2006, you can go get MP3 archives of Free Talk Live at archives.freetalklive.com. Download them, distribute them, do whatever you wish. Let's take Jason in North Carolina. Jason? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, it's fine. Uh, what's going on with you? I actually wanted to call in about my current legal situation. It's kind of perfect for the time. Okay. But um, basically, what's going on is I've got a, a partner that I was involved with doing internet marketing for the last two years, probably. And we had a bunch of success, whatever. So about six months ago, he ends up getting arrested for credit card fraud. Sorry and to hear that. Identity theft. I mean, just a huge list of shit. It goes Whoa. on. Whoa! Where oh, yeah. is my thing here? Dump that. All right, so I, I wasn't really too interested in his legal woes, anyway. Yeah, well, uh, let's. Uh, I think is he still there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> All right, so so we don't say that word on the radio. Uh, or, or the no f bomb either. No s bomb or f bombs. So tell me, tell me real quick the uh, the, the situation with your partner who's uh, gotten uh, tossed in the pokey. Needless to say, he brought me into it because my name was on the papers of the business. Yep, that'll happen. And he's facing five years is what he just got sentenced to. And I was not involved in any of the stuff that he was involved in, and they want me to be sentenced for two years. Well, they're certainly going to offer you these uh, these things to see if you'll you'll bite on it. Do they have any kind of evidence against you besides the fact that your name's on some kind of papers someplace? Um, I mean, no, that's just about it. I mean, some just... My name being signed on some of the same documents as him. Do you have a lawyer? And 
Yeah, I have a, a, a very good attorney, for sure. That can't hurt. Well, uh, keep us uh, keep us abreast of what's going on, Jason, and wish you luck. I appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Wow, that's tough. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, th- these things, it definitely happens, right? You know? <laughs> well, the difference is, Ian, your partner wasn't defrauding anyone. He was just yeah. defending the liberties of somebody else. Yeah, and uh, I haven't been drug into this. Uh, actually, I did get a call today from the sheriff's department, and I don't know what that's about. Um, mm-hmm. I They left a message. I called them back. Um, don't know what the, the deal is. Well, you're so. the new leader slash spokesperson. That's right. So. <laughs> I'll need to get arrested soon. Right. So, Jason, you were uh, telling me, uh, telling us about some thoughts uh, about what was occurring today. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Oh, I mean, the the day was action packed. My job was to film the whole thing, and I've filmed uh, many cases since I've moved to New Hampshire. And today was quite interesting. So they want you to file a motion um, asking them permission to film, and they would only allow one person to do that. So. I let everybody, um, a lot of people know, you know, that usually cover trials like, uh, I'll take care of this one. Um, I'm going to have this video up on tally.tv and freekeen.com. Uh, all of it, it'll be available and people can edit it and watch it uh, however they would like. But usually I can like zoom, like if Ian is talking, I'll be able to zoom in on him or um, or the judge. Nope, not today. It had to be stationary, so I had to take this uh, this shot that had the a lot of the room in it, and so um, they really um, tied my hands as far as uh, what I could shoot. And then they had a, a court bailiff that would look at the screen, like walk into the, the corner to look at. This the, was thoroughly annoying. Yeah. Um, they for, for whatever reason the ba- they didn't want the jury, I assume, to get on the 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 screen, and I can see why they're uh, you know concerned about that or whatever but the camera was way back into the audience area and the bailiff would you know this this angry man um tebow is his name and uh, he's caused no end of trouble to uh, ian and, and other activists i believe he threatened to uh, to break your camera yeah uh, there's a video coming about out about that uh, very soon where this guy threatens to break my camera yeah he's just and he works for the state and we had to deal with him today he's just a, a cranky guy as all the best way i can describe it and he does seem to it's some at times he seems to lighten up maybe there's a way that we can lighten him up over time but well, i don't know his job sucks right i mean he's the guy that has to you know say all rise and and when there's people that uh, don't recognize the authority of the, the court they'll sit down and then it's his job to um get him to stand up and usually they forget about that but he's also enforcing the hat ban and so you'll uh, you'll you'll see him if uh, you wear a hat in court and logo t-shirts were banned today as well from from the court so they were really cracking down and uh so yeah so if you wore a t-shirt that had a logo on it like any kind of logo at all, you would have to turn it inside out yeah. just to be in the building. Yeah, somebody had a, a Ron Paul for president T-shirt on. They had to turn it inside out. A Free State Project T-shirt, cop block T-shirt. They yeah, had to turn them inside out. All inside out. And this is, you know, I mean, it's just they're trying their very best to make it so that uh, the the trials of activists are just like the trials of everybody else, where nobody comes and they can do their business mm-hmm. in the dark of night. Mm-hmm. Because, sadly, this is how bureaucrats really want to operate. They do not want accountability. They do not want to serve you. These civil servants 
are not your servants. They do not act like your servants. They do not want to be your servants. Mm-hmm. They want to go about their their existence as they have gone about it for you know decade after decade, which is doing whatever they want. Go to go to a trial. Go to uh, you know court on uh, in the morning. Watch the judges run through people. Watch them go through because ninety nine percent of people take plea bargains. Mm-hmm. That means. Literally, if you get charged with a crime, you're less than 0.1%. That's one person in a thousand gets found not guilty. This system is broken. How could it possibly be that they're so omnipotent that they only make a mistake one out of a thousand times? I don't live my life that way. And then the average American says, ah, yeah, you know, whatever, it's not me. Well, really, in your name, you're going to allow injustice to uh, to, to operate that way? And that's why uh, Ian is a, a big-time advocate for um, don't-take-the-plea-deal outreach. Yep, and he didn't today. As a matter of fact, I believe, I'm not certain, I believe that he was offered a plea de- deal that included no jail time, whatever, which means to me that they didn't think that this was worth jailing. But since he did take it up to, to, you know, to trial, they gave him 90 days, and... To me, that's just wrong. If the prosecutor thinks that uh, what you did was worthy of getting probation for, then what you then going to trial and taking it through trial doesn't mean that they should punish you for going to trial. Well, the system is so overtaxed that uh, you know Ian wanted the full trial. Uh, you know, uh, twelve jurors were there, one alternate. Um, he mentioned in, in front of the jury that there are furlough days that the court has to shut down for what is it a day every week, every month, every or month, something. yeah. And uh, so they're they're overburdened, and you know by Ian taking it all the way to trial, um, it you know uh, makes them spend money. They're going to have to spend money. Taxpayers are going to have to spend money on uh, caging um, Ian, you know, who's a peaceful person. So yep. it's a good reason maybe you should consider not paying taxes. Well, he's a peaceful person with a, with a ferocious spirit, you know, and. These people are supposed to be determining if whether Ian was a, a threat to society, whether he had done something that was harmful to somebody else. Now, was he harming somebody else? That's what I love to hear from people about, whether they felt he was harming anyone. Yeah, he did something that may have been a little bit defiant towards authority, but sometimes authority has to be uh, spoken up to because sometimes they're wrong. Yeah, sometimes you have to you have to speak truth to power, but power makes it in incredibly difficult to do such a thing they don't want to hear that they want to continue going on doing what they've been doing all along Mm -hmm. which is growing 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 and And what baffles me about this is these people probably many of them are citizens of the city of Keene or residents of the city of Keene they continue to see the property taxes go up 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 every year and you know how do you think this is going to stop is it going to stop by letting these people continuing to do continue to do what they've always done it's not. There's no accountability. Sadly, Ian didn't bring that point up. I love to drive it home with taxes. Taxes hit everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. hates them. Um, you know, he he mentioned uh, you know that it's forty thousand dollars a year to put somebody into the uh, the jail, but I don't. Uh, clearly, that didn't work. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. 
another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Jason. And Wayne. If you're uh, wondering why our normal first mic co-host, uh, co-host Ian is not available, well, today Ian went to the pokey. Uh, he was uh, charged with obstruction uh, for standing in front of a police car and resisting arrest. He had a jury trial today. He was found not guilty of resisting arrest, and uh, the fact that he was charged with that was ludicrous. There's <laughs> there's video of it. Uh, the, the cop, I was living in a fantasy world if he believed that, uh, you know, he had to lift Ian up. Um, I mean, you know, you could see on the video the guy standing. It's it's ludicrous. It's nuts. Um, secondly, the um, the obstruction he was found guilty on, given a, a year sentence, of ninety all but 90 days of that suspended, which means that he doesn't have to do it as long as he's a good, good boy for two years, as I understand it. But uh, 90 days in, in jail. So he doesn't expect that to happen. Expected to uh, be able to appeal it and then sort of plan for what was going on and um, get 30 days for his appeal and, and that kind of thing. The judge was having none of it. Uh, he had uh, was appeared to be sick and tired of <laughs> Ian uh, and his uh, shenanigans and uh, sent him off to jail. So um, if you want to call, we've been talking about that most of the evening. If you want to call in and talk about that, we're certainly open to it. I can tell you it's uh, it's um, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, but you know, but not, you, know, not you say around. shenanigans, Mark. But, you know, he was bringing up some from what I understand here from what you've told me because I wasn't there. He was bringing up some pretty good points. And sometimes people don't want to hear those points oh, even if did. they are the truth that much is definitely the truth i mean i was uh, getting i was outraged by uh, many of the things that um you know happened there today they uh, um and in the past in the same uh, court case the judge um in this case admitted to uh, representing the state and the of course the prosecution called itself the state so the judge essentially said that he was representing the prosecution and that he but said, don't worry about it because I don't have any stake one way or the other how this goes. It'll be a fair well, how trial. How about a paycheck? Right. Yeah. 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 Paycheck from the same place as the, uh, the three cops that took the stand against Ian today and the prosecutor. But the judge, of course, didn't have any uh, um, animosity towards Ian because, well, obviously, if uh, he was because he was sentenced previously on this same thing to 60 days, the judge ups the sentence from 60 days to a year. Right. The prosecutor wanted a lower sentence, but the judge raised it. Yeah. So it's pretty clear that this is a situation where the judge is prejudiced against him. And I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, Ian's gone in front of this guy on multiple occasions for multiple stuff. And I can see how somebody who's, uh, you know, de- dealing with you know all the stuff they deal with in the in the bureaucratic uh, judicial system says, this is just something I don't want to deal with. You know, somebody keeps bringing these things up and they don't want to change. They don't want the light of day shown on their uh, their their. Right. their business but you know it's the the result is ian's in a cage and, and they say oh just work within the system you know you, oh you want to make change oh don't do civil disobedience just work within the system vote every four years come on that'll that'll change everything well that takes us back to buckminster fuller don't try to reform a a corrupt system create a new one of your own and that's what that's what the liberty activists here are really trying to do they're mm-hmm. trying to show how a voluntary society uh, made up of peaceful people can work yeah, and just uh, just to reiterate uh, for any uh, listener that may have just tuned in, so Ian was arrested for uh, standing in front of a cop car, 
And the cop car had a law enforcement officer and Heike uh, in it. Uh, Heike, who was uh, drinking a beer in public on a beautiful day, and the cops decided to arrest her. So she was acting peacefully. The cops uh, were the ones that put their hand on her, uh, put her in uh, in handcuffs, and put her in a vehicle. And I, I asked earlier, and I'll ask again, and if you have an answer to this question, call in. But, uh, you know, what would you do if a friend of yours was uh, was kidnapped? Forget about the, the uniform and the badge, but what would you do? And Ian asked that uh, to some of the law enforcers that uh, took the stand today, and um, they said that they would uh, get involved. Of course they would, and that's what Ian did, and now he's in a cage for 90 days. So mm. if you want to call in and talk about that, we're certainly open to it. Uh, let's go on to, um, you know, do the normal free talk live thing where we, uh, you know, Pick news stories that we think have a liberty angle to them, and, and we discuss them. This is from uh, KEYC.TV. This is um, the shingles that Andrew Espy put up two years ago are holding up well, but the legal battle that came with them is far from over. It all started when Espy decided to reshingle his roof after he discovered a leak. Espy says the building inspector came along and told me that I couldn't do it. He told me that I had to quit and take the shingles off and start over because they have a code. A Minnesota state residential code says the new asphalt shingles cannot be installed without first removing the existing shingles. And um, on and on one section of the roof, SB was installing new shingles over the old. Now, I've seen this happen so many times. I mean, maybe that's maybe it's not done now, but it certainly has been done in the past where people will shingle over old shingles. Makes perfectly good sense to me. And, I, you know, fine. SB says, they didn't tell me I couldn't overlay shingles when I got the permit. I didn't even know they had such a code. The city served him with a stop work order, but he ignored it and finished the job. Espy says, I was kind of getting disturbed a little bit. Somebody telling me what I can and can't do on my own home. Nevertheless, in March of last year, he was found guilty of four counts of violating building code and two counts of violating a stop work order. Fined over $2,000 and sentenced to 90 days in jail. Espy says, uh... Uh, and apparently that gets dropped to 60 days with good behavior. SB says 60 days for working in a house and a drunk can drive home and get a lot less than that on the highway. Um, SB did report the uh, Jackson City Law Enforcement Center to serve his time, but was uh, let out after just 17 days on a medical precaution. Uh, SB uh, is claustrophobic. and The doctor says that staying in jail was making his hypertension worse. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, me too. I got hypertension. You can't put me in jail. The judge reduced his 73-day balance to 30 to be served in electronic home monitoring or in, a, um, in jail three days at a time. Espy says, I said, no, I didn't want them. This isn't what we uh, serve the military for, to be tied up in our own home. Espy was also refusing to pay his fines, maintaining that he did nothing wrong. Espy says, I hope they just drop it pretty soon and um, decide it's enough. The city attorney declined to comment. Yeah, the city attorney, he's got no reason to drop this. What what's his reason to drop it? He's got a heavy caseload, so what? That'll get pushed back. No big deal. Espy was arrested again last week in a city council meeting where an ordinance was introduced to make violations of the building code a nuisance. <laughs> he was released after 24 hours. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is stunning stuff. The kind of thing that happens to just the average guy um, for you know, putting shingles on his own roof. He we even went and asked them permission. But they won't let him do it. Let's let's go real quick. We can comment on this in, in a minute. But let's go to uh, David in Keene. David. Good evening, gentlemen. Doing a fabulous job. Hey, Thank you. Thanks. Hi, David. 
Um, I was just going to ask, um, uh, is there any chance of paying ransom money to Ian for Ian to get out? I don't think if there somebody is. Somebody was so inclined. I don't think there is. I don't think that I, you know he was sentenced to ninety days in jail. There's really nothing to pay to get somebody out of that. Yeah, it's a little confusing because the original sentence by the district court did include a five hundred dollar fine, but from it's my understanding that uh, Judge Arnold didn't. Uh, put that on the table, and not that Ian would pay it anyway. True. Yeah, I, d- I think that this is it. I mean, Ian just sits in there until they decide to let him out. I am going to endeavor to uh, uh, look in to see if there's some way to, that I can, uh, you know, make a motion. I was not there for any kind of uh, situation where I could make a, um, uh, you know, a statement prior to sentencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to make a statement to the judge about sentencing and see if uh, see if I can get something Great. done. I'll uh, I'll go there and video record it. Hey, David, you were there at the trial today. What were your uh, thoughts? I thought I I didn't catch all of it. I I um was gone before noon, but um, I thought it just seemed like he was real. The judge is really like really restricting. I don't know. It just seemed like he tied Ian up, and he just t- really was really restrictive. Yeah, I tell me about Ian it. Did really really good. But I I what I heard. I thought you know his opening statement was really good and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, it's good of you to show up with, uh, what would you say, about 30 other activists showed up today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people there in support of Ian, but frankly, most of them didn't get in. They, uh, they, they've they uh, done everything they can to, uh, to, to you know, keep activists from, uh, you know, attending these things. And, you know, I don't know what could be done about it. More activists, I guess? Let's do it. Move here. Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-453-3733. It's Mark with you. Jason. And Wayne. And uh, Wayne, tell me real quick before we go on about the Free State Project. What is it in your words? Well, it's a movement to move liberty-loving people to the state of New Hampshire for to achieve concentration where people can work in their own way toward... Uh, creating a more free and voluntary society that's based on decentralization, that's based on uh, government's maximum role of depend- defending life, liberty, and property, and that's all. That's really what their job is. Yep, and uh, that's you know that's what uh, Ian was doing. Uh, I am a signer, you're a signer, Jason, you're a signer? Uh, for the Free State Project? Project? Oh, yeah. yeah, and the Shire Society. And we're all here for doing the same things, and Ian, unfortunately, is a casualty in this uh, 
the struggle today, and um, hopefully he won't. Hopefully he won't do all ninety days. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't see why he's not going to. But you know, well, Mark, you've got plenty of people around you to help you and and uh, who support you in, in getting through these next ninety or so days. And I think you'll also become even better in the number one seat, being here every there every night. So practice certainly can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about a guy who's uh, you know been in, was incarcerated in Michigan for putting shingles on his roof. Um, this thing is uh, it, it's it's not just here in Keene where we have uh, you know bad things going on with uh, the bureaucrats. I'm sure, but um, this is a call. This is a show about your calls. So let's take Ben in Los Angeles. Ben, hey, how you guys doing? Everything's great. What do you want to talk about? Um, I'm actually a Masonic to the the pledge, and I was thinking of coming out for a visit and during the winter to see how cold it really is. The Free State Projects <laughs> pledge? The Free State Project yeah. pledge? Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you could direct me to some resources where I could meet some people from the project online or something so that you know I could coordinate a visit and meet everyone and meet, meet all the activists while I'm out there. And, I, I, be- I believe the Free State Project has a forum. That's freestateproject.org. I know there's an active forum. I think the most active forum is at uh, freekeen.com. There's a button uh, for forums there. And you can introduce yourself. Uh, there's places to look for housing or for uh, jobs. And, uh, yeah, just introduce yourself, and people are pretty friendly. Um, nhunderground.com, right. I believe, is also mm-hmm. one. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's several several of them that uh, recruit to different areas. So, um, you know, that's that's my best guess. You know, the worst thing, in my experience, I moved up from Florida to, um, you know, New Hampshire. And, you know, I got to say, winter, not my favorite time of year here in New Hampshire. Um, it is, yeah. uh, it can be rough. It can get down to, at night, uh, on the coldest days, negative 20. I'm sure it's gotten lower, but... You know, in my experience, it can get down into certainly the negative teens. Uh, but, you know, cold, you can wear jackets for cold. You can wear, you know, there's there's gear for cold, and it's not that bad. Cold's not the problem. It's the darn snow. And you can minimize the issues of snow and ice depending on where you choose to live. Mm-hmm. If you choose to live in a, a metropolitan area, you're probably not going to deal with snow and ice on the same level as you would have to deal with it if you decide, you know, I'd like to live in the country, secluded <laughs> from everything, where you're going to have to, you know, have a driveway that's a thousand feet long. You're going to have to plow that with a truck. Um, you're gonna, you know, I have stories. Yeah, you're going to have to have a, a backup generator, all kinds of things that one needs to have if one decides one wishes to live in the woods. So, Although you might be an advantage if there is some kind of collapse in the economy tanks, you might be more of an advantage in the woods than in a city when supply chains break down. So There, there, there are arguments to be had there. We certainly have uh, – at my, at my house, we certainly are growing all kinds of vegetation where uh, you know, <laughs> I just, just had a salad made by my wife that was completely from our garden, stuff that we grew on our land now i don't eat every meal this way we we are in, involved in co-ops and uh you know buying stuff from friends who have larger gardens and things like that but we i ate a salad that was entirely our garden and that was a really good feeling today because it's you know it's been a few years coming to get this garden up and uh, and rolling any thoughts ben oh no it's just a i mean every time i hear you guys talk about new hampshire i get really excited and want to go out for a visit and you know it just it feels so exciting to you know to know that there's liberty activists out there who are actually doing stuff so on where I are you now i'm in los angeles in Santa oh, Monica. that's right la yeah so, I, I lived out so there have, for a long time yeah so we have you know the circumcision bands and the plastic bags at the grocery stores just got banned so it's just like it just it doesn't feel like the right place for me right now so i'm, I'm really want to come out there looking forward to seeing you ben thanks for calling right. in
Well, Shadow from uh, Huntsville. I'm sorry. You were... I was going to say, if, if he doesn't like traffic, he won't see much of it here, which is very nice. I love, I still love the fact that I get out in the roads and I'm not stuck in traffic like I was when I lived in Los Angeles. Entirely different. Entirely different. Shadow? Yes, I'm here. Hey, how are you? What you, what you like to talk about? Well, you know, I was just listening to you guys, and the question came up uh, about uh, whether Ian got in front of the comp car because this lady had always had to trying to help others somehow. Uh, you know, well, the question out here was, what would you do in a circumstance like that? Well, this is what I did. When I lived in Florida, I had two different girlfriends at two different times got arrested. Okay. One of them because she wouldn't sleep with the cop. The oh, other my. one, they tried to pin some other kind of BS crap on her and everything. I went down and got them out. And then I let the cops understand, fool with my people anymore. They're going to find them floating face down in the river. And, and he understood that I meant it because, see, here's my deal. I'm shadow now. When I was in Florida, I was known as Mafia Mike. I was a biker, too, and I also spent several years as a CIA operative during Vietnam. So these cops understood what they were messing with. Yeah. So I'm surprised you survived that experience. Alone, man, you know? that, that all sounds very impressive, but that's not. I'm, I'm not about the use of violence. I want peace, and if I wanted violence, I would work for the state or you know, be, a, be a cop. Uh, it's frustrating, no. though, and I understand where Shadow's coming from. I just, I, I, I don't support it. I don't think it works. But um, well, it know. did work. It did work fine because that's what they know. The cops, they know violence. You get, I found yeah. through my whole life. You give it back to them. Every time they step online, you give it right back to them. They're going to learn after a while. Leave things yeah. alone. They know how to deal with violence. They have uh, the largest gang in the world. Well, yeah. Well, I've got a good. I had a good one too. Thanks, Shadow. Appreciate the call. All right. Uh, let's take, um, you know, it's really important, though. You see, the, the reason why li- the liberty activists are so effective in the long term is that they're, they're basically they're keeping the moral high ground by being peaceful and, and by questioning these people, because some of them are just doing it because it's their job and they don't think about it much. Mm-hmm. But when you start actually questioning them and saying, why are you doing this? Why are you enforcing these laws but not those? Why are you uh, prosecuting this person and not that person? It starts to get in their head after a while, and I, I really think I really think that Ian planted some seeds today from what you two gentlemen have told me about the trial. It sure can't hurt that much is true, and um, you know, I mean, he's he's going to stand up for what he believes in, and you get you got to appreciate that a man stands up for what he believes. I respect in. that. I, I really do. I think he's he's very heroic and very courageous for what he did today. The court certainly doesn't. Let's take Captain Ned in Florida. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Hey, Ned. Great. Hey, good. Hey, Mark, man, uh, you're doing a good job. Don't worry about the fluid hydraulics, man. Everybody just needs to pour a little, pour a little bit of uh, hydraulic fluid in. Everybody just do a little part, and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll flow. But, Thanks. Uh, anyway, I'll get to Ian's thing in a second, but I'd like to talk about that penny guy yesterday who was paying pennies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very interesting, because he's, uh, like, like Ian had the videotape. This guy wants the videotape being up at that window trying to pay with legal tender his tribute Okay, he's not getting equal protection. He's trying to use, you know, he's trying to use legal tender, which is uh, common to 50 several states united, and he's being refused. He's got all kinds of openings to go it, after those it guys. It would seem like he would. And Ed, hold the line. Uh, we'll get back to you. Free Talk Live.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. Jason. And Wayne. And we've been talking about... uh, the main co-hosts here, Ian, here's uh, incarceration. We were just on with uh, Captain Ned discussing the uh, the pennies uh, situation where um, caller called in last night, uh, attempted to pay his fine in pennies and was uh, threatened, was kicked out of the building and threatened with arrest. Ned, are you there? Yeah. Okay. And also, real quick, the penny guy, his First Amendment rights were violated when the cop was shoveling him out the door. Congress will make no law abridging the right of the people to petition the government for redress of grievances. Yeah. He's just trying to pay with coin of the realm here. Yep. You know? This is this is coin common to the 50 several states. But one of your guys was talking about, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name, but he was talking about how most attorneys are scared to be in a courtroom. He's absolutely right. That, that happened would, to me, but yes. You would be, well, I don't, I don't, scared might not be the exact word, but you would be stunned at the number of attorneys who have never been in an open courtroom. Yeah, They've absolutely. They've never made an opening statement. They've never cross-examined witnesses. They may have settled a, a thousand fender-bender cases by filing. They have never been in an open courtroom. It's, it's stunning when you see how many have never done it. Yeah, it, and a lot of very, lawyers haven't. That's, that's why most people plead. They say, hey, plead it. You know, that's what I do for a living. Plead it, give me my money, and we're, you're done. You know that's what they are. They're plea. They're plea taking machines. Yeah. It seems like exactly. Yeah, that's their business model, right? They want to go for the, uh, the the weak fish and extract as much money as possible. And that's why a, a lot of activists here in New Hampshire are trying to cost uh, make them spend money. If they're going to prosecute, then uh, go all the way. And that's what Ian did today. Exactly. And in the Sixth Amendment, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district where the crime has been committed, you know, allegedly. But I thought Ian's trial was by jury today. It sure was. Twelve uh, jurors and one alternate, yep. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear a thing about the, the jury there. Yeah, yeah thought, they were there, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of juries, frankly. Um, you know, that this is, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't think these people are impartial. I don't think anybody in Keene can be impartial to uh, to free staters or people, uh, you know, representing, you know, free Keene or whatever. And they certainly dropped this uh, term, free Keene, on multiple occasions, referred to uh, people who, liberty activists in the area as those people, and, uh, you know, just used all kinds of epithets, in, in my opinion. Captain Ned, thanks for your call tonight. Okay. Let's go to... There's John from Florida. Thanks very There's much. John Kurtz, I think, probably. <laughs> well, it, it, I, think, I think you're right. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Good, John. What do you want to talk about? Hey. Yeah, just um, you have to excuse me if I'm not completely up to speed. I've been um, t- tuning in and out of the show. But I, my understanding was that Ian was planning to appeal this originally. And then I heard you say before, Mark, uh, that 
that there was really nothing anybody could do that he couldn't get out on on bond for appeal or anything like that. And I just want some some clarification. Can he appeal this? If he can, is he planning to, or do we just not know yet? He can appeal, and he will not appeal because he does not want to give money to the state. Um, so the $180 that he might give to an appeal, um, he will refuse to do that. Um, I suspect he would uh, allow someone else to pay for his appeal, but I don't really understand why he would do that. I mean, if he's not willing to pay for it himself, why would he would take somebody else's 180 bucks? But I've heard him say things like that in the past. Um, okay. what, but yeah, what difference just... does it make? The reason that he was going to appeal was um, for the purpose of buying himself 30 days so that he could get uh, prepared to go to jail. Why, why would you think he should appeal? I think he should just appeal because maybe it's one more chance to get a, a better jury that that understands you, uh, uh, you know there's no fundamental rights. Is there a jury on a, uh, on appellate cases? It's not my understanding. I think that's kicked up to uh, you know some some group of judges up, judge up the panel. line right? up the line who decide whether or not he has uh, been given a, afforded a fair trial, and that's really the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Ah, is that, is that how it goes? All right, I, I wasn't quite sure about that, just because yeah. I, you know, I was, I was a little uh, upset earlier when you said that he's not getting out. I, I was kind of under the impression that he'd just get on some sort of appeal bond and go through that motion, and then, uh, you know, at least buy himself some more time. But that's, um, yeah, what, what can I say? That's <laughs> very saddening. I think it's despicable. Uh, this jury should should be ashamed of themselves for for doing this, and oh. and uh, it's just very sad. Well, so, you know, the jury the jury is going to make the decision they're going to make, and you know that's. Ed. Um, if if one takes a case to trial, one has has to have a reasonable expectation that a jury is not going to, you know, they haven't heard these messages before. They, you know, they they have a few minutes to internalize these things to roll have, the dice. They have to ask themselves, well, do we want people standing in front of police cars if they disagree with a law? And I imagine a lot of them think to themselves that, well, that, that, that you can't do that. That's crazy. And I, you know, I mean, so I, I can I can imagine it's very tough for them. It's it, this wasn't this wasn't one of those cut and dry cases like handing out uh, leaflets in front of a courthouse, you know. Right. Well, let me just close with this. I think, I mean, the same thing happened to me. I think my judge was very impartial when, when I went to a jury trial on my sentencing, and I think the same thing happened to Ian, unfortunately. I think that judges are supposed to be very impartial. And, impartial. And, uh, They're supposed to be impartial, yes. Right, exactly, impartial, and, and just sort of judge the actual crime itself and the extent of that crime, not any personal feelings they may have towards the, the, the suspect or the offender. And I, I think it's very clear that Ian was given a very harsh sentence, uh, you know, a year in jail potentially yeah. um, for, you know, for not really, for peacefully yeah. standing in front of a police car. Likely, it's outrageous. Likely it's 90 and days, and, and we should just prepare ourselves, uh, you know, mentally and emotionally for a 90-day incarceration for Ian. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. I'm going to see what I can do, but I don't see why they're going to listen to me. Um, you know, they may listen to me because they consider me to be, you know, somewhat more reasonable. I don't know. Maybe they don't know me at all. Um, if they listen to the show, they probably don't consider me to be reasonable. John, thanks for the call. Well, you guys are doing a great job. Love the show. Thanks. thanks You've got no one to fight with now, Mark. All right, that's right. <laughs> Shut up, Wayne. Hey, so um, <laughs> there may be a few people out there that, uh, you know, care about Ian and uh, want to maybe send him a piece of mail. So uh, there's a website for that. Uh, thanks to our uh, our buddy uh, Mike Barsky, who puts uh, mail-to-jail.com together. And basically, um, you can uh, write a letter with no cost to you. Um, so if you think uh, Ian would like a, uh, a a website, you can copy and paste it in there, and uh, it'll be sent to Ian, um, you know, at his cage. They also have the address there um, if you want to send him a letter yourself. So 
again, just want to, everybody, and we'll try to mention this uh, for the next 90 days, because I'm sure Ian would really appreciate letters, uh, mail-to-jail.com. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, are you there? Uh, I'm here. How you doing? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Hey, I just want to say it's a banner day for Keen. Why is that? What a great day to have Ian Aston Freeman off the streets. Why? Why? Yeah. Just get him out of here. Well, you know he's coming back, right? Yeah. Well, you know, everyone. Sometimes children need a few spanks. I've never once hit my kids. Sometimes kids need a few spanks, and this is a little spank for little Ian. So you haven't child. ever hit your kids, but you're advocating spanking. I'm not advocating anything. I'm saying sometimes kids need it. Well, is what, I never is once. I never. I don't think it's necessary all the time. I never once hit my kids. So you think that it, it should be sort of a um, you know something that a parent can do if that's the case? So, so why do you think kids, that Ian should have gone to jail for this? Some children, some children that act the way Ian acts. Ian's an adult. Let's just talk about him as an adult. And okay? uh, so it sounds so, like you disagree with well, what uh, what Ian did. Mr. Freeman as Mr. Less than Freeman. Yeah, he is. He's in jail. So, so it sounds like you That's disagree right. with what yeah, Ian did. Um, why is that? Why do you? What do you disagree with Ian about? He broke the law. And yes. so, do you think that uh, every <laughs> law should uh, be obeyed? Not necessarily. So, ask, so I asked a question earlier. I asked he a, broke a law, and let me let me ask sure. you: How many of the jurors sided with you? None. Uh, actually, um, there, were, there were two charges, and uh, so the jury decided that he was not guilty of resisting arrest, but that he was guilty of um, obstructing the police and their kidnapping of uh, Heike. Don't you think, Andrew, that if a, if a cop charges somebody with resisting arrest and then it's shown on video that that didn't happen, that a jury doesn't find him, um, you know, find someone guilty of it, that the cop should face some kind of punishment? on the circumstances and not in this circumstance because he was breaking the law to begin with. But he charged him with resisting arrest, though. I mean, if, if he didn't resist arrest, he didn't resist arrest. I mean, don't you think that a cop should be held liable for charging somebody for something that they didn't do? No, you just want to see somebody thrown in jail. Well, okay. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI line. Brought to you by the good folks over at SACL CAI, especially Jason Osborne, who was there at Ian's trial today. Jason Osborne, big supporter of uh, LearnLiberty.org. As a matter of fact, it's uh, put out by the Institute for Humane Studies. It's a great website. And uh, we've got all kinds of videos that we've uh, gone and and watched at LearnLiberty.org. And we put them at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. One of them, the one that you can see is, uh, uh, you know, 
how if you've wonder, ever wondered how they could possibly fix the debt crisis in Washington, Jeff Maron, a Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can see that video at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL when you get over there. Check out the Learn Liberty Academy on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people that want free online continuing education, economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. I was uh, just uh, on Facebook yesterday. They, you know, Somebody was advertising a military degree, $300 per credit hour. You can get fr- free, a free online continuing education. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. So we just had uh, Andrew um, in New Hampshire call, and he was uh, crowing about Ian's arrest. He said that uh, he'd never spanked his kids, but some pe- some people just need spanking. So I guess he was ad- saying that Ian's a, a child. And, you know, I can see how some people, you know, feel that uh, the that, that activists seem childish because they're, you know, they're raising awareness about issues that they're raising, raising awareness about. And it may look um, childish to them, but, you know, um, Gandhi was put in jail. Now, I'm not saying Ian's Gandhi, but I am saying that Ian, uh, you know, st- studied Gandhi. He referenced him in his court tri- trial today. That's the same thing for Martin Luther King Jr. Both of them in jail. Both of them done civil disobedience. Both of them were annoying to some in their uh, the groups. I can understand how this guy disagrees. I got it. But, you know, um, <laughs> but you know what? just because the, like it may seem like a small victory today, but. That doesn't mean, you know, I, and, and I don't even know that he, this, frankly, I wish Ian hadn't done this activism. I mean, that's how I feel about this. I feel left in the cold by my business partner. I feel that, uh, you know, in, in order to, quote unquote, protect somebody from uh, um, an arrest, which, frankly, they could have taken a ticket for, that this wasn't this wasn't the hill to die on. Mm. But I'm not here crowing about the guy's, um, you know, misfortune. You're really you're crowing about somebody going to jail? Well, you know, there's a lot of statists who think that people who are liberty activists are, are childish. Mm-hmm. But really, if you think about it, being wanting to depend on some parent state, isn't that really childish? Somebody who, right. somebody who wants to be independent. Right. If he and, thinks that Ian's a child, then what you're saying that that he's been spanked by the parent. If uh, this guy thinks the, the government is his parent, who, what is he then? A child. Just the theater that went on today. You had a, a man that sat above everybody else in this uh, flowing, you know, black dress, and then That's he, daddy. He, he, yeah, daddy. And then, <laughs> uh, and then he had uh, like the muscle in the room, uh, deputies and uh, and bailiffs yeah. that would um, like grab me, grabbed other people, so that uh, we would stand up uh, for the judge. Uh, I tell you, I mean, it's it's just a very bizarre system, and why anybody would want to stand for these people, I don't know. Let's take Angel in Delaware. Angel? Hi, Mark. Um, hi, gentlemen. Um, I, I have a short story I want to share, but first can I just say um, that I'm very sorry to hear about Ian uh, being arrested like this. I think I think that uh, it's, it's a really horrible thing that happened, and I will definitely be going to um, mail-2-jail.com, and I will be personally sending him a letter probably this weekend um, but also, can I, can I have him clarify one thing that he just said? Because my station starts picking up at 9 p.m. Did yes. he say that you guys were forcibly made to stand up when the judge entered? So I'm a I'm a Quaker, and it's against my religion to stand for a judge coming in a room. I, I don't he, he doesn't stand for me. I don't stand for him. Um, you know, I don't stand for other people coming into the room. It, to me, that is uh, you know, it's res, it, it it's against uh, sort of it, it's it's respecting one person over another. I don't th- I think God sees everybody yeah. the same, so I should look at them the same and 
So, um, yeah, that's essentially what they did. They said you can either stand when we tell you to stand or you can leave the room. And they brought in muscle, armed muscle, to uh, to get this done. Yeah. Well, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I really think that's ridiculous. And um, I, I will be doing what I can to support Ian and, you know, to support you guys during this time because I feel that what you guys do is necessary um, in, in this day and age because of the things that we see going on in this country. Thanks, Angel. Um, but that being said, um, I was also in front of a judge today uh, oh, really? for a friend of mine. And uh, it, it's just a, a short story I want to share. You know, I live in a, a resort area, and in Dewey Beach, Delaware, um, they've started this new rule this year, and it's the first that I've heard about it, and I pay attention to legislation. Um, you know, they, they put parking tickets on vehicles, and they assume that you get the tickets. Um, well, apparently now, the way it works in this town is whether you got the ticket or not, um, even the, the minimum fine that they charge is like 35 bucks for a ticket. A parking uh, ticket? Days. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it, that's, that's the minimum. It goes up to 100 Um but then after 10 days, the, the fees for the minimum, it goes up to $75 It's due after 10 days. Okay. Um, now, after 10 days, if you have not paid your fine, without the town notifying you, they are apparently legally allowed to tow or boot your vehicle if they see it in the town. After, after 10, 10 days? 10 days, and they don't even have to legally notify you that you've received a ticket. That's crazy. A yeah, friend of I mean, mine, you know, he, he got a ticket, and apparently someone thought it would be clever to pull it off of his car. He never knew that he got the ticket. Yep. Long story short, they put a boot on his vehicle. It cost them $155 to get it taken off, and uh, he doesn't speak English very well. So I, I went to, to help him understand what was going on, and, and the judge looked me in the eye, and he said, one person can't change this. There's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, this is this is absolutely what they want. They want it to be a system where one person doesn't change uh, change it. I mean, you know, this it's it's set up to be a you know revenue extraction. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, the town is the town wants hoodlums to come and pull your uh, uh, ticket off of your car so that they can go and extract more money from you. Uh, yeah, this is that's insane. Yeah, well, I was hoping um, if you don't mind. What I have in front of me uh, is I have uh, the town mayor. I have her email address and phone number, and I'd like to give it out to encourage some of your listeners to contact them to let them know um, that it's not appropriate to seize someone's private property without even notifying them, and that one person is different. Yeah, go ahead and give her email know, address. Uh, okay. um, her, her name is Diane Hansen, um, H-A-N-S-O-N, and the email address is Diane Hansen at townofdeweybeach.com, all one word. Um, and, and her phone number is on the website as well. It's 302-226-5998. Um, but I, I just feel like their actions are inappropriate. You shouldn't be able to seize someone's private property after 10 days without even notifying them that, that they did anything wrong in the first place. I'd agree with you. Oh, the wind could have blown the ticket off there, for, even if it wasn't a hoodlum. Absolutely. Yeah. Angel? Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's their revenue source. But um, thank you for the time, guys. I appreciate it. And, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Angel. So, you know, I guess if uh, what what can people do? Ian's been locked up. If uh, and I know a lot of people are upset about this. What can they do? They can uh, write him 
letters at mail dash two dash jail dot com. <laughs> um, something that, that rhymes, rhymes with calm. calm. Right, that's from Rid- the Ridley Report at uh, RidleyReport dot com. He has a makes up clever jing- I, I, jingles. I, I guess they can stay tuned. Uh, Freekeen dot com. There's a, a short blog post, but we're gonna uh, eyewitness reports are gonna be up tonight. I'm gonna be working on a blog post there. Uh, Tally TV. We're gonna have some video up. Um, there's you know, CD Evolution Fund will be donating things to his commissary if you want to get money. Uh, you know. Sent so sort of uh, to Ian. I guess they're, 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 we're creating an Ian indignation fund. I guess <laughs> I, I don't do know it, that sure. it's uh, <laughs> entirely. You know, I I I don't know how much money it's going to get in, and he can only yeah. eat so many zoom zooms and wham whams. So we would like to take the money and apply it to things that uh, you know. He, Ian would like yeah. that money applied to other, um, you know, activist kind of things. So you can, uh, you know, cdevolutionfund.org. Uh, cdevolution.org. Excuse That's me, the CDL. Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And we support the good people who disobey bad laws. Mark is a director. Ian is a director. And, uh, you know, Ian is one of those good people who uh, disobeyed a bad law. He saw a friend of his uh, be uh, kidnapped by the uh, by law enforcers in the city of Keene. He stood in front of a cop car. He's going to do 90 days for it, and um, he deserves a lot of credit, as far as I'm concerned. Another thing, uh, the AMP program, amp.freetalklive.com, um, the fact is it looks like you know, Ian does the affiliate relations on this show. I'm probably going to have to hire somebody to do affiliate relations. I cannot do both jobs of sales and affiliate relations at once. I'm going to talk to Ian about it, but likely that's what we're going to have to do. So um, that's going to, you know, I think it's I think it's two grand a month to do something like that. Um, so, you know, we could really use the extra funds at amp.freetalklive.com too. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow at Free Talk Live. You can check us out in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 